Welcome, everyone, to this latest edition of BAMS Radio. Well, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to Hampton Sipper, who sat in for me last week. I was a little under the weather. Appreciate Hamp. Oil listener, he's got a podcast of his own. Everybody check it out. But really appreciate Hamp for sitting in a little bit, and uh, we're going to talk a little loud about football. Mostly going to stick to recruiting uh, for this show uh, this uh, late afternoon, early evening. is uh, Wednesday is the day. Uh, the dead period, I believe, starts at midnight tonight, and uh, the everybody will start putting pen to paper. Uh, you know, uh, coming up on Wednesday, Alabama right now uh, has got the consensus number four class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. They have 21 commitments, but they could make a big move, especially if the dogs of Georgia lose uh, Dominic Riola's son, Dylan Riola. As many people suspect, if he ends up a Nebraska Cornhusker, that will be a five-star gone from the dogs. So that would certainly hurt Georgia. The transfer portal has certainly hurt Georgia. They have, they're kind of feeling Alabama sting from a year ago when the Tide didn't make the playoff and double-digit guys uh, left the program and did not take, uh, you know, participate in the Sugar Bowl against Kansas State, especially a lot of the offensive line depth. Georgia. Uh, is uh, has lost uh, A.J. Harris, who uh, is is uh, going to uh, probably end up at Auburn. He visited Auburn today. Now he's a kid that was at an AISA school uh, out, you know, and then transferred his senior year to I think he was at Edgewood Academy and then transferred to uh, to play for Patrick Nix his senior year at uh, Central Phoenix City. Ended up going to Georgia and didn't make a huge impact as a freshman. Is already in the transfer portal and could be headed to Auburn, no doubt about it. And speaking of another, I'm going to be honest with uh, with the, all the listeners, but uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, he is going all in for this uh, coming season for Ole Miss. They have been as aggressive as anyone in the transfer portal. I heard they've raised a lot of NIL money, and they certainly have uh, you know, uh, uh, snagged several guys. They just got South Carolina wide receiver Juice Wells, uh, who just announced as we were starting this show that he's transferring to Ole Miss. They got Alabama uh, a target. Well, and I don't know if he's officially a target. Just there seemed to be some interest uh, on to, uh, with Tyler Barron of uh, of uh, Tennessee and the edge rusher. But they got him, Princely Yuma Maylene, who probably should have been uh, at the University of Alabama out of high school if Jeff Banks wasn't banging strippers. But that is another story for another day. And one of the big reasons why Princely U is not an Alabama Crimson Tider, he ended up a Gator, and now he's going to be an Ole Miss Rebel. Ole Miss just absolutely stacking some time, especially defensively. So this is going to be interesting. And what if they get Walter Nolan? But again, the transfer portal's been a big topic. Alabama had a couple of visitors this weekend in the portal. LT Overton from Texas A&M uh, amongst them that we're going to visit. And uh, I know he's a guy that Alabama's very interested in. And we'll talk about that and more with Thomas the Wizard Watts, who, of course, keeps us on the air. Going to give some of his thoughts today from the Fort City of Mobile and from 89 to 93, a national champion and SEC champion, William Redfish Barger, who always joins us as well. Gentlemen, it's great to be back with you this week. Uh, the transfer portal and recruiting spinning, spinning, spinning. Uh, I was just kind of updating because uh, the Juice Wells thing just went across my screen uh, as I was joining you guys. But 
the the uh, the recruiting season and portal season uh, is uh, really got kind of popping right now. Yeah, Drew. In fact, when uh, the the AJ Harris situation first came up, I was uh, right. eating eating breakfast yesterday morning after the gym with a buddy of mine that's a you know a big Auburn fan, and he he was talking about it, and you know I just I said, well, you know, listen. Um, do you think A.J. Harris could have made a difference on the Gravedigger play back, you know, Thanksgiving weekend? He didn't like that at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's the wild, wild west right now with all this portal stuff. You know, I, I, I thought when I saw it, um, I think somebody called me on my way home from work Friday evening and, um, you know, they were discussing the, the fact that uh, Elijah Pritchett had jumped in the portal. He's since uh, jumped out, but I yeah. was like, you know, what, what, what in the hell is this kid thinking? You know, he, he, he might start for Alabama. Um, you know, just just like Amari Kite might have started for Alabama um, in, in, in 2023. Um, you know, if, if I was the offensive line coach at Alabama. Uh, you know, Caden Proctor would take take over right tackle for uh, the departing, you know, top 15 pick, J.C. Latham, and either Elijah Pritchett or Will Conformby would be the left tackle in 2024. So, I, yeah, I, I was glad to see Pritchett remove himself from it because it, you know, just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, maybe it was a money grab. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I do know this. Uh, fourth and Kirby better thank his lucky stars that I'm not Carson Beck's daddy, um, or I'd be blackmailing the shit out of him right now. Um, you, you know, you read those reports where, you know, he wants $4 million to come back. I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be starting at about 7.5 million. Um, so, you know, you know, C- Kirby is starting to um, get a little bit of the Dabo disease. Um, you know, he's, he's starting to have to deal with, uh, it's, it's a lot easier to get to the top versus staying at the top. And he's getting a full loaf of bad baked bread on that right now. That could not be better said. Uh, he's learning what Nick Saban has learned. And that is, uh, that, Hey, look, you know, you never know. Um, but it's tough to stay on top and, Georgia didn't finish the drill this year. They're going to have to play in the Orange Bowl against uh, Florida State. Uh, they're not going to play for the national title, and now they got a lot of guys lit, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, lit leaving, including Dumas Johnson, the middle linebacker. Now Alabama took Trez Marshall a year ago. I don't know if they'll take uh, Dumas Johnson or not. That's going to be interesting. I haven't heard that uh, at all. So you know that uh, I, I do think it the the. Trey Moore recruitment is interesting from UTSA. He has 22 sacks in the last two years. He was supposed to visit this weekend. He had to cancel a visit to the Ohio State University. Uh, you know, so he, he was not going to go there this week. We'll see if Alabama is aggressive and tries to get, you know, maybe uh, him and Overton. I picture Overton maybe taking uh, Justin Aboigby's place. Uh, they recruited him out of high school a couple years ago. He took the money from Dirt Neck. You know, he was, he's been okay. Probably needs to get better, uh, but we'll see. And, and so, and then with Alabama, you know, as far as their needs go, 
Uh, a lot's probably going to – I think Alabama's trying to finish off the recruiting class. They've looked at a couple of pieces that they could add in the transfer portal. But I think they're going to reassess everything after Wednesday. And then, of course, they'll get a better feel for who is going to leave after the playoff, too. I think they know most of the guys that are going to leave for the NFL, like the Kool-Aids, potentially Terry on Arnold. You know, hopefully um, they'll be fortunate uh, and hold on to some guys as well. Uh, you know, uh, be, uh, uh, like Deontay Lawson, we kind of talked about that before the show started. I think there's a good chance he comes back, but we'll see. Uh, and so hopefully Alabama can hold on to the, uh, some of those guys. But, you know, Jalen Key's gone. More than likely Malachi Moore because I think he has another year, but he's he spent two years hurt. He's had probably his best year as a, you know, as a player and probably just needs to, if he's healthy after the playoff, move on and, and step up. And I know there's been a lot of conversation uh, about uh, Seth McLaughlin. If he returns, and I personally think he should, because I don't think you can put a price on experience, and I think he'll be another year better next year. He has at least two years of eligibility left, I believe. I would bring him back because it's kind of what, like William said, then you've only got one tackle spot open. Then you decide if you're going to leave Proctor at left or is he going to go to right, and are you going to put Pritchett at left or Pritchett at right? To be honest with you, and this is kind of leading into my next question for you, William, uh, I, I guess you were just letting it be known that you would flip-flop them. If they don't, and we've seen Elijah struggle a little bit in pass protection, Is the how, what's the key to getting him better, and can he make the transition to the right side, and does he need to gain weight and get a little bigger to play the right side? Um, you know, Drew, if, if, if I was Eric Wolford, um, you know, and this isn't any big secret. You can just look at him um, from his from his body shape. You know, he, he's more of a a right tackle body um, than he is left tackle. Um, you know, they they you know they played him at left tackle this year. Um, you know, and and you know they got two guys, especially now that it looks like Pritchett's going to stay. Um, you know, that, that, that they can work with over on that side in, in Elijah Pritchett and, and Wilcom Formby um, that are both more, you know, long, angular bodies than they are, you know, mass monsters. And, and you know, Caden Proctor is a mass monster. Um, you know, I, I would move um, Caden Proctor to right tackle um you know, you can't do it right now under the current, you know, microscope that's, you know, there, there's two games in the college football playoff that, um, you know, hopefully Alabama will complete. But, you know, as soon as that's over with, and then, and then you know, then I think we need to discuss, you know, what this landscape looks like next year with the 12-team college football playoff. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you lose a J.C. Latham, um, who who kind of made himself into a right tackle, I think he certainly had uh, the athleticism. You know, if, if it had been me in that situation last year, if I was Eric Wolford, I would. You know, the the minute that uh, Tyler Steen left campus. Um, after what the, the, the K-State bowl game, 
you know, I would have moved Caden Proctor um, to to right tackle. I would have moved J.C. Latham to, to left tackle without the, you know, the 30 pounds of weight gain. And and so, you know, because, you, know, you know, I mean, Elijah Pritchett has next-level measurables as it pertains to, you know, what it takes to play left tackle at not only the SEC level, but, you know, at, at the next level in the NFL. Um, you know, wingspan, uh, just longer and angular. Um, and, and I think, you know, Elijah Pritchett has those measurables. Um, you know, Caden Proctor is more, he, he, you know, despite his height, um, you know, he's a bigger, bulkier guy. And, and, you know, did he get better this year playing left tackle for Alabama? Yeah, he did, but I still don't think that's his best true position. And so, you know, th- there's some questions there for, you know, Nick Saban and Eric Wolford to answer on the offensive line. But, you know, getting Elijah Pritchett back out of the transfer portal, um, you know, if he had chosen to leave and, you know, I guess he could still choose to leave, you know, in the, the May portal of it, uh, edition, um, that, that would really put Alabama behind the eight ball with what they have to put on the field, um, at left tackle. And, and I hope he sticks because, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy, um, that, that could start for, you know, the best program in the SEC, a program that's got a chance to win a national championship, um, you know, in less than 30 days. So, um, you know, I think getting him back out of the portal um, was was one of the biggest recruiting wins that Nick Saban has had this year. Yeah, I I do too. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, I think it was one of the biggest victories for uh nick saban to get him to stay and uh i and also too i i'll, I'll just say to, that whether he he goes to right or left tackle he's had a little bit of experience it gives wilkin formby and miles mcveigh a little more time to develop uh and i think favor edwin we're going to talk about favor edwin a little in a little bit as well because he's a developmental tackle that i think is going to be among the final five or six Alabama signees that could push this recruiting class, which is at 21, counting the reclassification of Ryan Williams. Even though I know the he was on the campus at Auburn today, and Auburn thinks they're calling it the freeze five, and they got everybody trying to recruit him, and they think they're going to you know sign him. We'll see. Uh, I still like Alabama's chances here. Nick Saban chooses his battles. He's already chosen a couple and chosen to go in a different direction, and I don't blame him uh, because this NIL stuff, you have to choose your battles. He chose some a year ago down the stretch, Caden Proctor being one of them, uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, Tony Mitchell, and then Equay Rushaw and James Smith. So we will see. Alabama's got a chance to add some nice pieces uh, late, uh, you know, to close out this recruiting class, and then from the portal. So we'll see. I I think Alabama's still going to – last year I think it will be about five guys. I think it will be at least that many. Uh, and now, good grief, I'm, I, I keep getting these updates. This is pretty interesting. Uh, uh, I just uh, got another one uh, that uh, that 
and, and this is a guy that has never played up to his potential, but he has shown uh, uh, some before he got hurt at Vanderbilt. I liked his moxie and his makeup. Now he could be a quarterback, the starting QB at South Carolina, because I'm not sure Malik Murphy is going to go there. But Vanderbilt quarterback A.J. Swan is going to transfer to South Kakalaki, uh, along with, uh, you know, the uh, the leading rusher in the SEC in 2022 from the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, as, uh, you know, as he also uh, committed uh, to South Carolina uh, this uh, weekend. So. Uh, it's been it's been a very interesting portal season thus far, and the and the most interesting thing is uh, Thomas is all the interconference transfer. I guess they used to really, uh, you know, uh, kind of frown upon that, and it used to never be approved. And they didn't allow it to happen, but this transfer portal, uh, it, it, it's really changed a lot of things, and uh, and now you see a lot of guys like Rocket Sanders going from Arkansas to South Carolina, A.J. Swan, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Tyler Barron, Ole Miss, to, uh, excuse me, Tennessee to Ole Miss. Last year we saw Trey Marshall go, Trez Marshall, excuse me, from uh, Georgia to Alabama, Jermaine Burton, Georgia to Alabama. Nobody is immune to this, and I'm going to be interested to see how Alabama handles it. And, that, and like William said, that's already a huge win, getting Elijah Pritchett uh, to stay because – uh, Alabama's all their depth left last year, man. And so you really have a hard time keeping guys as far as to develop because of the transfer portal. But getting Pritchett back, Thomas, I thought was huge. It was, Drew. And the thing is, you do need continuity as much as you can find. Um, I, I do think that this is going to be another case of it, it work out for Nick Saban because, as William has been wont to say on BAMS Radio, the angry little man is still in Tuscaloosa. It'll work out for Alabama. And, you know, as we have discussions like that, it really breaks down to, you know, what does your roster look like? Honestly, for most teams, they know what their roster needs to look like because the bowl games are exhibitions. Uh, the real trick is the 15 practices. That's what a lot of these kids are giving up is 15 practices as a chance to develop in many in many situations. But Alabama's going to be a little bit behind because they're going to want everybody, assuming, you know, of course through January the 1st, but then should they beat Michigan, which I think is likely, through January the 8th, I believe, is the day. So Alabama will be a little bit behind, but, you know, keep the team together, and then you're going to have to sort it out. And sort it out in this case means you're going to need to have a group of players leave, have a group of players transfer, because – there are players that are depth pieces that, you know, they, they're not going to want to wait a couple years, a couple, two, three. They think they can play now. And with everybody talking to everybody, whether it's on social media or via cellular, cellular device, oh, I can come to XYZ place and play immediately <laughs> and, and be the player that, that my idiotic cousin who played football 30 years ago thinks I should be. Um, so, you know, that, that'll be the next big step. We'll see with the next iteration of Alabama. But it is exciting that, of course, as you said, uh, Alabama hadn't been bitten by the portal bug. And this recruiting class, you know, the fun I – don't, I don't keep up with recruiting just because I don't really care what you do in high school nine times out of ten. I care what you do between the white lines and college. But it is, at the same time, very, very exciting to see, 
you know, Alabama's looking to close pretty strong this year. Are they going to be number one? I think that's a long shot, but so what? And, you know, just to get excited for someone to come in and make, you know, a positive contribution to the team. Frankly, Alabama's not where they are now unless Caleb Downs comes in and looks like the best safety in the SEC from the jump. So if Alabama can get a couple of those, that's great because one of the things that always comes up, I feel like I say this every August, so longtime listeners will want to jump through their computers or wherever they listen to podcasts and strangle me. In order to win a national championship, you need solid veteran depth, and you need anywhere from three, let's call it three-plus true freshman, air quotes, surprises. Guys that come in and compete at a very high level from the from the immediate first snap of fall camp. Well, Caleb Downs was that guy this year, and you had a bunch of others sprinkled in. So Alabama's able to do that. You have to feel real good about next year's team. And frankly, Drew, and I, here's, your, here's your segue. Apparently I could do radio if I decided to go that way. Alabama's going to need the depth because have you seen the 2024 SEC schedule that just got dropped this week? Goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the Florida Gators are probably the only one that I would say is tougher. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, I, uh, you know, there, there's no question that uh, it's a, a very difficult schedule for, um, you know, uh, the uh, University of Alabama. Thomas, for the listeners, and most of them know, but just kind of go over it a little bit and uh, who Alabama's having to play. It's a, it's a very difficult gauntlet. Sure. So, first game of the year is uh, August 31st of next year against Western Kentucky at, at Bryant-Denny. Uh, USF comes to town. Alabama then travels to the Wisconsin Badgers, game in Madison. Alabama has a bye before a visit from the Georgia Bulldogs. They go to Vanderbilt. South Carolina visits October the 12th. They go to Tennessee the following week. Missouri comes to town. Alabama has their second buy, and I'll explain why there are two buys this year, before going to LSU. Then Mercer comes to play. Then they go to Norman, Oklahoma, Saturday, November 23rd, finishing up with Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Now, before I kick it back to you, Drew, the reason there are two buys this year yeah. is just a freak calendar occurrence. It's one of those things where – uh, the first first Saturday of the full season, I believe, will be considered um, is August 31st, as I said, and it just makes the calendar fit a little bit more. That's why pretty much everybody has two bye weeks. Now, that actually helps Alabama because, frankly, I think they have a bye before their two toughest games, even though I have no idea what LSU is going to be because without Jane Daniels this year, they're a 6-6 six and six football team, and um, – I see nothing on the horizon for them that makes me think they're going to get that that much better. But again, the transfer portal can cure all ills, so it remains to be seen, Drew. Yeah, it really does. It's crazy. Um, and just to give you an idea, this is Florida's schedule. They open with Miami in the swamp. They play the Samford Bulldogs. They play Texas A&M, and they play Mississippi State at State. That is their first true road game. First three being at the Swamp with Miami, Sanford, and A&M. Then they play UCF in the Swamp out of conference at Tennessee, Kentucky at home, Georgia and Jacksonville at Texas, LSU at home, Ole Miss at home, and then at Florida State. So, Thomas, that's a pretty brutal out-of-league schedule, Miami, Florida State, and UCF. 
even though some, you know, none of them right now, I'd say two of them were decent this year. And then one of them was really good, but I don't think a top four team in Florida state, but Billy Napier needs to win and he needs to win now. So this is going to be a really tough schedule. Uh, no question about it. And uh, going to be really interesting to follow and kind of, uh, you know, see where, uh, you know, this, uh, this, uh, you know, SEC, uh, goes Alabama's is very tough though when you talk about having to go to OU the week before you face Auburn at home so that's going to be a very difficult schedule uh, no question about it and uh, going to be a little bit different uh, Thanksgiving's uh, on the 28th this year uh, so it is still during Iron Bowl week but Iron Bowl week pushed back a week later just a little bit of a different calendar going to be interesting to see how Alabama uh, reacts and again their first trip to Camp Randall Stadium in Wisconsin and Luke Fickle's going to have a good team. Tyler Van Dyke ironically has already transferred to Wisconsin from Miami. He's probably going to be their QB so Alabama will get a chance to play against him no doubt about it. William I want to circle back and I know you've already talked about the offensive line. Do you think with the, the lack of depth now that Christian's come back is there any shot uh, that I, there was some talk that some thought that Tyler Booker, who played a little tackle as a freshman, might get a look there. But with Pritchett coming back, Formby and McVay, does that afford them the luxury of keeping, uh, you know, Tyler Booker at left guard? Well, I mean, I certainly think that's a possibility. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, what we're getting at here, um, you know, Drew, you know, with what you're talking about is, um, you know, kind of a woe is me Alabama fan approach to, um, you know, what's going to happen in 2024. There isn't a football program in the state of this country that can survive that schedule the way that a Nick Saban coached Alabama football team can, can handle that schedule next year in 2024. Um, you, you know, you you look at what has to happen um, in the off season. You know, they've already got the um, hand-picked Heisman Trophy uh, successor in Jalen Milrow. Um, you know, and, and, and then you look at what happened really with the meat and guts of the SEC championship game versus Georgia which is where, you know, you kind of saw the, the, the hat being passed to uh, Nick Saban from Kirby Smart because that was something that – and, and I, I got to get – you know, I got to tip my cap to Tommy Reese. Um, when he went tackle over um, with, with, with putting uh, – uh, Caden Proctor at right tackle side of J.C. Latham. Um, they snap the ball. Uh, Roy Dell Williams, you know, rattles off an eight or a nine uh, uh, game run. Um, and then I think when uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Caleb Odom, uh, the tight end from the metro Atlanta area gets on campus, you're going to get to see the true Tommy Reese offense. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Tommy Reese has done a great job, really has. 
I think the key, though, what we're going to see as far as uh, uh, when we when the Alabama wraps up this recruiting class, the interesting part is going into the weekend, I had a list of guys that I thought Alabama could get if they chose to. I've already, you know, kind of mentioned Tristan Jernigan, a Tupelo, the middle linebacker. I, I hear he's going to stick with uh, Texas A&M. He had a sizable offer, NIL offer to them, and uh, had been committed to the previous staff. There's some thought he'd open it back up when the coaching change was made. And he visited Alabama, had a really good visit, but I, he went to A&M this weekend. And I don't think Alabama was going to, you know, uh, match that offer. And, again, if they get Deontay Lawson back, they've already got Giad Campbell. I think Trez Marshall will return, even though I do believe he got his master's degree. But, uh, you know, they've still got uh, – you know, uh, the, uh, you know uh, as of right now, Kendrick Blackshire is still on the team. I know he gave them some good snaps. So they and they moved uh, certainly some guys around on the roster inside uh, for in, into uh, the the inside linebacker spot. Uh, you know, they which I think right now is looking pretty solid. Uh, when you look at the uh, depth chart at inside backer, uh, you've got. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson's still there. We'll see if he stays. He's kind of an undersized kid that was a junior college transfer. Jeremiah Alexander had moved uh, inside. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Ian Jackson uh, moved on, but they still have Sean Murphy, who was just a redshirt freshman. So they've still got several guys if they lose a couple at, at inside. And if you get Deontay Lawson back to go with Jihad, could be as good a combination. And then with Trez being able to play both spots, I don't think it was a it was a position of need, and, and I think Alabama. Let's be frank, Alabama. They're going to spend nil if they have to choose their 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 spots, and I just don't think, in my mind, uh, that it would have been wise to to take Jernigan. I almost didn't put him on my initial list to close out the class, just simply because I you know I knew they had other guys that uh, they needed to uh, you know to, to prioritize. So uh, we will see, but. Uh, I still think they're going to close with Favor Edwin from Eagles Landing in Georgia, who's a developmental tackle, 6'8", over 300 pounds. He's a Nigerian. He's only played football for this year, uh, but he's a very good player. Once they lost Jordan Seaton to a large NIL deal with Colorado, I think they pivoted to Favor Edwin, who otherwise probably would have ended up at Auburn. I still think they're going to get Steve uh, Mbuamua, uh, Buamua, however you say it. I got to I got to do a better job of learning how to pronounce his name because I certainly think he's going to put pen to paper. He's from Quebec, uh, and uh, he's from Canada. He's visited Alabama. He was supposed to visit Starkville this weekend, but I think everybody expects him at Alabama. Uh, he's a he's a developmental defensive lineman, but has a lot of athleticism and talent. Uh, and then uh, some other guys. He's already listed as a commitment. Ryan Williams. He is a must-have. Uh, he is committed to Alabama. I know he was at Auburn today for their basketball win over USC, uh, and he was holding a freeze warning sign. But don't yeah, look, man, he got paid a lot of money to visit uh, Auburn. These kids are getting paid lots of money by schools to visit. To visit, It's not an uh, uncommon occurrence. Uh, and, again, he is considering the Tigers. But, look, in the end, I think he's going to end up sticking with his commitment to the University of Alabama. Hugh and his staff have done a great job. They've got four guys committed, uh, you know, from the state of Alabama as receivers. I saw a couple of them this weekend uh, in the Alabama-Mississippi game that was won by Alabama 26-17. Ryan Williams was the MVP as he reclassified. He had 
I mean, eight catches for 92 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, had over 100 all-purpose yards. Had a nice punt return. Uh, but they had Malcolm Simmons from Benjamin Russell. He had an 88-yard touchdown uh, and in the game. Also, Bryce Kane from Baker. They're both committed. Uh, and then, of course, they have Perry Uno Thompson and Cam Coleman. And there's even some talk about Perry Thompson flipping uh, to the University of Alabama on Wednesday. Now, I'll kind of believe that when I see it. I'm not counting on it. But I am counting on Favor Edwin, Steve Buamua from Quebec. I, the running back, I think they're going to take a back in the class. They had two visits this weekend. Jaden Ball from uh, Decatur, Georgia, who I really like. I think he's a five-star talent. This is rated a four-star. Former Arkansas commitment. I know Alabama and Florida have been his last two visits. I'm hoping that Alabama will take him. I, I'd rather have him than, than Kevin Riley, the kid uh, that uh, from Tuscaloosa County, who basically the second half of his senior year moved to defensive back. I think Ball is bigger and faster. I'd love to have him, uh, I, and I'm, I'm counting on him being part of the last few uh, commitments. And, of course, right now, if you're talking favor, Edwin, uh, Buamua, and Jaden Ball, that's three to go with Ryan Williams. That would be 24. And then uh, another kid visiting this weekend from uh, the Kansas City area is Jason Ross. Jason Ross is a edge rusher, uh, and that, that kind of goes back to my other point. Uh, they, they took a pass on Solomon Williams. I think he's taking a large NIL payout to Texas A&M uh, to play for Mike Elko, but I think they had prioritized Jason Ross. He was supposed to he, – he officially visited for LSU, uh, and then he was going to pay his own dime to come back this weekend. So would really hope they can add Jason Ross. And then the last piece, and this kind of circles back to passing on Tristan Jernigan, they got Edric Houston on campus this weekend, Saturday into Sunday morning. Edric Houston is a five-star defensive lineman out of Buford, Georgia would be the perfect replacement for Justin Aboigby. Uh, he was a big miss during the recruiting campaign when he pledged Ohio State uh, back. And visit, the last time he visited Alabama was in August. But they got him on campus the last weekend, hoping this will be the Caden Proctor of the 2024 cycle when they got him on campus the last weekend and he flipped uh, from Iowa to Alabama. I'm hoping uh, – I know he visited Clemson and Alabama this weekend – but it would be huge for the University of Alabama uh, if they could get Edric Houston. If Georgia has some uh, attrition, has Riola, and maybe another commitment flipped to another school, if Alabama can close with Favor Edwin, Buamua, Jaden Ball, Ryan Williams, hold on to him because uh, he just now reclassified and get Jason Ross and, and, uh, and Edric Houston, they might finish again with the number one class in America, probably no worse than second they could finish number one. And so that would be huge. And then when you factor in the the, the, the transfer portal, we'll see with LT Overton, uh, certainly after this weekend. We'll see with uh, Trey Moore from UTSA. I know Fidel Diggs from A&M visited as well, but his defensive line coach is at D.C. at Syracuse. He's from New Jersey. I think he was going to visit Syracuse this weekend too. I would still expect Diggs to probably end up at Syracuse. And I think his brother may be visiting Syracuse this weekend as well. But I, I would really like to see – Trey Moore intrigues me because they're going to lose Braswell and Turner. They've still got talent at outside linebacker. they got to decide if Quandarius Robinson is going to come back. 
He can come back for another year. And had I thought he had his best season this year. And then you've got Keanu Coop. And not to mention the three studs that the now departing Coleman Hutzler recruited. Now, I'm not, I've never been enthused with, with Coleman's coaching ability from people I talked to, but he can recruit. And he got Jan Zapierre, who I think has gotten high marks in practice this year. Keon Keeley, uh, certainly, uh, who was, some thought the number one edge in the country out of Tampa, Florida a year ago, and Clay Russo. So Alabama's got a lot. That's why they were able to move Jeremiah Alexander inside. They've got a lot of talent at the edge spot, but if they brought in a Trey Moore, they'd at least have somebody with some game experience and then be able to further develop the other guys. So I think that would be big. And then to me, again, I think uh, when you when you talk about if they decide to bring in Overton, LT Overton, he would be more of a defensive lineman, and they could definitely use somebody with experience there. Then after the, uh, the, the recruiting class is signed, probably going to have to take a look at maybe a safety in a corner because, you know, we know Jalen Key is gone. We'll see what happens with Christian Story. And then at the corner spot, uh, we know Kool-Aid's graduated. He's probably he's going to move on to hopefully be a first round draft choice. And Terry on Arnold may very well do the same thing as well. He's had one hell of an end uh, to the end of his red shirt sophomore year. So that that would open the door for Alabama potentially needing maybe a safety in a corner to come in and give them some experience because Des Ricks is young. And then we'll see if Antonio Kite's ready, but not a lot of depth at the corner spot. And that's why Trey Amos, who should be moving up to a starter next year. He was a quality addition. He and Jaden Key late after spring last year. And so Alabama would definitely be continuing to look there, I believe. I don't think they need a running back. I think they want to keep what they've got. Uh, we'll see if they try to bring Roy Dell back for another year or they may just let Roy Dell and Jace turn pro. That would be my guess as of right now because you would still have Jam Miller. Justice Haynes needs to play a much bigger role. And then You'd also uh, have, uh, you know, uh, the uh, 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 Richard Young trying to hold on to him. That's just, that's three really good players. Then we talked about an addition like Jaden Ball. So we'll see, no doubt about it. But the transfer portal will play a bigger role, Thomas Watts, after Wednesday. And I just wanted to kind of go over some names because that's going to kind of be the focus. I know they just started practice for the Rose Bowl and. We'll have more on Michigan. I know y'all talked a lot of Michigan last week. We're going to talk some Michigan next week. But recruiting and the transfer portal is a big topic right now. Oh, it absolutely, excuse me. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, first off, Drew, do not give me a test on everything that you just ran through because I would fail it, um, even though I took notes. That, that was excellent. <laughs> but it's well, to, to echo you, we're going to do final predictions with Mich for Michigan. Uh, we are going to see, kind of start seeing practice here in practice, what we hear, that sort of thing. And it should be a good time. That ha now having been said, the transfer portal, you know, Nick Saban's kind of figured this thing out. He's going to take a long look at his uh, roster post, po well, what's coming in, what's signed, and what's available in the portal. And I think it's important for fans to understand, generally, players – have at the end of a fall, at the end of a season, there is some kind of exit interview. And when I say exit interview, I mean, you know, these are the things we see you doing next year, particularly for depth pieces. And if a player doesn't like hearing that, then 
they will put their name in the transfer portal or they will uh, – they won't necessarily for – in a playoff scenario, they won't necessarily do it, but they'll let it be known because technically if they're on a team that wins a championship, they get a championship ring. And there's nothing wrong with that. Go, go chase your ring, kiddo. Um, so I imagine most coaches know what they're getting into. And they'll know what they've got coming in as freshmen. And then it's just kind of fill, fill in the gaps. What's out there in the portal? Um, and that this is really – this is where Nick Saban building an actual army of analysts and recruiting people and all the various and sundry pieces and parts really pays huge dividends because you can have guys – game planning for a Michigan and building a practice schedule and taking a look at Washington in Texas. And you can have other guys that are breaking down who's in the portal and who might, you know, where's the relationship and what they might need, blah, 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 blah. And when I say what they might need, I do mean NIL as well. So that's how roster building is in college. So uh, do I like it? Well, no, I think it's a little bit silly, but no one asked me. And if there's somebody that I would trust to get right, it's still, as I said before, the angry little man is still in Tuscaloosa. He'll figure it out, and it's you know it's going to be a wild offseason. I get the feeling that until you get some regulation, and you're never going to get NIL regulated. The government, if if the government tries to regulate NIL, the government is going to do what the government does and screw everything up because politics suck like that. But this is roster building. This is what we signed up for. And while unfortunate, Nick Saban will be able to manage it. And we'll go from there, Drew. I, I am excited, but really, again, don't give me a test on the stuff you just ran down. That was that was, that was was brilliant. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at portal. With Saban, the portal is about, you know, positional need, okay? And they took C.J. Debris, who's a good player. He, he, I think he'll get even better next year. I think some people need to understand that it takes a full year sometimes to adjust. He'll be a senior, so he'll be back. Robbie Oots will be back. I thought he's had a much better year this year and into the season. You saw the plays that Maury Nyblack made. You still have a redshirt freshman. There'll be a sophomore in Danny Lewis. You still have Miles Kitzelman, Ty Lockwood redshirted. They have plenty of tight ends. Okay, and, and so this, Ty Lockwood for fans, he was one of the ones that popped in the scrimmages. So you know that guy looked good early. Now doesn't mean he got made a positive contribution in season, but he certainly well, caught some people's eyes. Drew, he did, and it just it takes a while sometimes. And then you know uh, William did mention uh, you know see, uh, you know uh, uh, Caleb Odom, uh, the tight end uh, from uh, certainly from the state of Georgia. He he is a more of a flex guy maybe uh, almost like an O.J. Howard type. So he he's going to be part of the recruiting class. And I don't know how big an impact he'll have because, you know, I don't ever – look, the thing that kind of I, I always am cautious about, even though Caleb Downs and Proctor ended up being the real damn deal, both of them All-Americans. But to me, you can't uh, just w- think that automatically that, you know, uh, Carrollton George's Caleb Odom is going to come in there and, and make a big impact. Even though I will say watching the Alabama Mississippi all-star game. And I did watch it Thomas because I wanted to see how Ryan Williams fit in. Cause he's th- this kid is only 16 or uh, Ryan. He, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Thomas, he is 16 years old. He won't be 17. And that's probably when he's going to sign 
on February the 9th, his birthday. A lot of people are worried about that. They wish he'd sign in December. You know, I've heard that he can, and I've heard that he can't because of his age. He's only 16. He won't be 17 until February. But I'll be honest with you. I just, this is the way I equate it. Nick Saban, there are certain guys he's not going to lose. He's not going to lose Ryan Williams, okay? I don't blame Auburn for continuing to recruit him, but he's been committed to Alabama for over a year. Mbakwe is one of his best friends. Jalen Mbakwe, and Mbakwe is going to be enrolling early soon at Alabama. Julian Sands already on campus, a five-star quarterback. And I'm just saying, Peyton Thorne ain't Julian Sands, and he ain't ain't even Jalen Milrow, okay? I don't give a damn. I know Auburn's trying to surround the quarterback with more weapons and better O-line, and I, and I understand that. But I still think Alabama's personnel is much, much better, and he'll get on the field quickly there too. And 15 or 16 of these guys are going to enroll early. I was also very impressed with defensive lineman Jeremiah Beeman of Parker High School. I believe he's going to be on campus. Uh, Amari Jefferson will not be. He's going to play his senior year of baseball at the Baylor School. But Casey Poe will be there. I know Xavier uh, Brown and Peyton Woodyard, a corner and a safety, they're both going to be there. I think Alabama will hold on to Jameer Grimsley. I know the Florida Gators have been trying to flip him, but I think he's going to be there. He's going to be fine. Sterling Dixon will be on campus as well uh, from Spanish Fort, another inside, young inside linebacker. And then Justin O. Oronquo, I don't know how the hell to say it yet. He's from Germany. I just know he's going to be on there. Uh, so will Joseph Iannata, Caden Jones, Radarius Red Morgan from Central of Phoenix City, William Sanders, Isaiah uh, Fanga from uh, Central of Phoenix City, a defensive lineman, Jay Lindsey, and then Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. What an Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game he had. And we all feel old, uh, Thomas. Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., obviously. Drake Kirkpatrick Seniors, who just finished his career in 2010 at Alabama, his son, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. yesterday, Thomas, he wasn't the MVP. It was the two touchdowns and uh, all the plays made by Ryan Williams. But Drake could have easily been the defensive MVP. He had a block punt. He had a he had two interceptions, both with one hand. Uh, he had a, fum, a strip and a fumble recovery in the game and uh, just really played well. He's going to be a safety slash nickel from Gadsden City High School. Uh, so he showed a lot of talent. And then Quentin Reese. QB Reese, his dad played at Auburn, was the uh, Quentin Reese who played at Auburn. He is not going to follow in his dad's footsteps. He is going to sign with Alabama, and he had eight tackles in the Alabama-Mississippi game, uh, and his Ramsey squad uh, ended up, uh, you know, losing in the state 5A finals to a really good Gulf Shores team. So, But I just thought overall it was a good Alabama-Mississippi game. A lot of their guys, a lot of Alabama's guys uh, made some plays in the game. And I just look for the guys I just mentioned uh, to, you know, be hopefully the last few pieces in the recruiting class. And then, like I said, um, I, if I were Alabama, I would probably push for LT Overton if the NIL price is right. Same way with Trey Moore. Uh, and I would think bringing him in right before the uh, dead period, they probably are very, very optimistic they can get both those guys. I'm not ready to say they're going to be in the class yet with these uh, signees, these high school and JUCOs, but we'll see. Uh, I think Alabama has a heavy interest in both guys, or uh, they wouldn't have brought them in. And like I said, I think Fael Diggs will end up at Syracuse, and Syracuse has also uh, been active. They got Kyle McCord, 
to transfer over from Ohio State. So, but again, I think Alabama's recruiting class is in really good position. I mean, and I and I don't put it past them if they can pull Edric Houston and the other five guys I mentioned, and one of them, Ryan Williams, is already committed. Then I think Alabama can be, uh, you know, uh, can jump from four to one. There, I know they're four uh, in the uh, in the uh, 24/7 Sports class. I haven't looked at the on three rankings, uh, and of course, these on three recruiting rankings change uh, all the time uh, as well. And I know you were kind of looking before, uh, you know, we started the show, but I was, uh, I think they're either third or fourth and they're third. Okay. They are third above Florida state right now in the, uh, on three polls. So I definitely think it's possible, especially considering Georgia may lose, uh, doing Riola and, and Alabama can take Edric Houston away from Ohio state. That would be massive, uh, for Alabama because you would be taking, another five-star player, no doubt about it. But I just think right now that's probably, that's what the storylines we're going to be following, Thomas. And certainly uh, Alabama got some more tough news in basketball well, yesterday. Well, Drew, let me, let me jump in. I want to make a quick point. I'm sorry, before we jump to basketball. I, sure. I said one th- I, I, I don't want fans to be confused with the notion that you expect three-plus or five-plus true freshman contributors. You know, maybe special teams or special teamers, but – Three plus, like, you know, st- uh, 50 plus percent of snaps on their respective unit kind of guys. That's not really realistic. And that, but with, you know, Caleb Downs, Caden Proctor, you got two for certain. And I, so that that's what I mean when I say that's what you're looking for. That's what you're hoping for. And if Alabama can do that, they're, that that's going to that's gonna shore up some of the transfer portal attrition that you're going to inevitably see. Now, can these guys do it? I'll be honest. If, if half the stuff said, that has been said to me about Ryan Williams is true, I believe so. But, it, you know, it remains to be seen. And it's, it's certainly exciting just the same. But, yeah, Drew, I also have to admit, I was keeping an eye on that Creighton game. And uh, Alabama basketball – Still has some growing to do. It's fixable, but they certainly have some growing to do. Well, they do, uh, but they're playing the toughest schedule in the country, and it's not even close. Um, you know, it, it really is. I mean, they, 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 I mean, Creighton's another top 10 team, and, uh, you know, they, Alabama, of course, uh, lost last week to what's now probably going to be the number one team in the country, Purdue, who beat the hell out of Arizona. And Arizona's the next team that, that Alabama has to play. And Arizona was number one going into this week. It's the toughest three-week stretch probably in Alabama basketball history. Uh, you know, but I'll just say Nate Oates knows what he's doing. I know they're six and four. People are disappointed, uh, and they wish they'd had a couple more wins. But Ohio State beat UCLA yesterday. Ohio State's a really good team. I think Clemson is, too. You just have to see the forest for the trees. Alabama lost a 92-86 to high-level game uh, to last week. Uh, to uh, a really good Purdue team. They lost 85-82 heartbreaker at Creighton to a really good Creighton team. And so I think Alabama's going to be fine. I think this is going to prepare them for conference play. Uh, certainly, they didn't shoot the three nearly as well. They made 19 threes against Purdue. I think they only made four out of 22 yesterday. Uh, but they uh, had over 60 points in the paint. Uh, they just, they've just they got to do a better job, the bigs do. Muhammad Wagee. Uh, certainly uh, Grant Nelson, 
uh, and uh, Nick Pringle of defending without fouling. Nick was a really effective offensive player yesterday, and I thought Nelson did some good things. Wagee didn't have a chance too much because he was in foul trouble. They've got to be smarter defenders. They've got to do a better job, and then they've got to rebound hard. I think the guard play, I thought Riley Griffin was good yesterday. I think uh, the guard play is going to be fine. I like Sears a lot. Estrada has got to be a little more efficient, though, but I think he will be. And this schedule is only going to help Alabama. Everybody's, you know, unlike past years when they've had, you know, post-WIMP, they've had some very mediocre coaches. They would play a tough schedule every now and again, and and then but then they would uh, be un, under 500, uh, you know, before the conference schedule, or because the conference was so weak, you just really weren't going to have a chance to play yourself back into the NCAA tournament. But not that's not the case now. The SEC is a really good league, uh, even if it's a little down this year, it's still good enough. And Alabama's schedule that pre-conference is so good. You look at their their metrics and their net rank and everything, it's in the top 20 in the country. If they can finish in the top five or six in the SEC, as they were predicted to, they're going to make the tournament. And again, they're not. I don't think they're going to win the league this year, and that's all well and good. But if they can get into the tournament and get hot at the right time, they can still make a run. That's what needs to be the, the focus for this group. And then they've got Aiden Sherrill coming in. Uh, they've got you know Nas Cunningham. And I'm just going to tell y'all, uh, I think the date is coming up this week. I think it's on the 22nd before Christmas. I'm here in Alabama is going to get five-star Darion Reed, Aiden Sherrill's prolific prep teammate committed. If that's the case, he is a five-star talent. And a friend of mine went and watched him play in Atlanta last week. Said he's a big-time player. This would be huge as we get to Alabama, a top-ten recruiting class. And that doesn't count, you know, some pieces that they could potentially add from the transfer portal, too. So, I just think, you know, Alabama's fine. I think Nate Oates is doing a good job. And, no, I don't think Nate Oates is going to Louisville or Michigan if those jobs open. Wish everybody would calm down uh, and just understand that I think he's happy. He wants to be at Alabama. They're going to build him an arena, and he's recruiting at a super high level. And these teams, I mean, they're losing by one and two possessions to top ten teams on neutral, neutral floors or on the road. Okay? I know they lost to Clemson at home. I understand that was frustrating, but that's basketball. And I still think they're going to be a very, very good team and be a, a force to be reckoned with in the SEC. It's just this is a new team, and they're still, as you said, they got a ways to go. They've got to improve defensively and rebounding, but I think they're starting to show that progress. They can flat score, and I think the SEC also being a little down will help them a little bit. I think they'll get some wins, and then I think they'll be able to compete You know, with the Kentuckys, uh, and the Tennessees, uh, and, and some of these uh, upper-level schools, even the Texas A&M, I still think A&M is going to be really good in the top half of the SEC. Arkansas is kind of struggling. A lot of people thought they were going to be really good. I know Oklahoma recently put a nod on their head, and my guy, Lenny Acuff, nearly beat him at Lipscomb yesterday, coming back from 20 down on the road, and Arkansas escaped. So I think Alabama's in good shape. Auburn's a good team. They got a a win over USC today, but I still think Alabama is going to be in very good shape and be an NCAA tournament team. I know they had coaching turnover, but I'm, I've, I've watched the last two games, Thomas, against Purdue and against uh, Creighton. It's not coaching, it's execution, and these players, I think, will keep growing and get better, and I think they're, uh, they're playing hard, and they're going to be a, a good team, no doubt. But recruiting is what to watch for this week, though. 
for uh, the football program. There should be some more news coming out tonight after we get done with the show. Like I said, while we were on the show, we've already talked about Juice Wells going from South Carolina to Ole Miss and, uh, you know, A.J. Swan going from Vandy to South Carolina. It's just been crazy. A lot of movement, and we may have some more movement by tonight for the University of Alabama. But for Thomas the Wizard Watts, for William Redfish Barger, I'm Drew DeArmond. We appreciate you all for joining us here on this Sunday edition of uh, BAMS Radio. Thank you for the Patreons. Thank you for everybody supporting us. Once again, shout out to Handsome Sipper for sitting in for me last week. I'm Drew DeArmond. We'll talk to you next Sunday after the recruiting class is signed. We'll have a lot of conversation about that. Maybe some transfer portal news as well, additions, and, of course, our final predictions as uh, we decide uh, what we're, where we're kind of leaning uh, for New Year's Day and Alabama matching up with the Michigan Wolverines. Alabama, ironically, did finish uh, their uh, preparation for uh, the uh, for um, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the second day of practice, I should say. Uh, I just that, that the university just released it. Alabama did practice today and yesterday, Saturday and Sunday. So first two practices done for uh, the Sugar, or, or excuse me, the Rose Bowl. I want to say Sugar, but Alabama playing the Rose Bowl uh, in Pasadena against Michigan. And so we'll continue to hear the buzz about how healthy the team is. I know somebody asked that question on X. Uh, I honestly, I, I hear that uh, Kool-Aid was back at practice yesterday. I saw a photo. So, obviously, he's back from his concussion. Haven't heard enough about Jason McClellan that yet. We'll probably have more insight next week as we'll make our final predictions because I would imagine we are going to be a little busy on New Year's Eve. We won't be coming to you. Uh, so, we'll our, our last show of the year will be next Sunday. And that will be on Christmas Eve uh, as uh, we'll have uh, some BAMS radio to talk about. But for William Redfish Barger, for Thomas the Wizard Watts, I'm Drew DeArmond. Good night, everybody, and roll tide.